Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to inquiry, reflection, tantalizing questions, remarkable possibilities, philosophical conundrums, the examination of so-called epistemological certainties, and a whole lot more all in our effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be enlightened. This is an hour where there are no sanctuaries from interrogation or retreat from honest skepticism. Each week we undertake anew our search and discovery of the human potential. Sometimes we shatter myths and exhibit logical errors, but we're always open and, and willing to admit the possibility of being wrong. With the necessary courage to uncover our own limitations, we truly expand our awareness, and in this way, at least we hope, become more enlightened. It's been said that God plagued man with the ability to think. Others argue that there are mysteries to be refrained from. In my mind, one of the important matters that makes the human condition unique is its ability to reason, to question, to speculate, to philosophize, and otherwise to use intelligence to seek genuine knowledge of ourselves, our role in the world, and our relationship with all. So around here for the next hour, we're willing to go deeply into the mysteries, holding absolutely nothing too sacred to question. In our show last week, we discussed brainwashing and mind control in an effort to take a look at how much of our thoughts are really our own. Together with my guests, we agreed that there is an overt effort to control your thoughts and predispose your choices. Documentary filmmaker Jeff Warwick, who just produced the new documentary, Programming the Nation, explained how he had learned of very specific uses of subliminal technology in advertising. When I asked him, is there any doubt in your mind, Jeff, whatsoever about the abuse of this form of communication in advertising? His answer was an unhesitating, unequivocal, and emphatic no. Well, in our feedback segment today, let me share a letter from a listener. And I quote, I heard you on Hay House Radio. I've worked in advertising for over 30 years. I've worked at everything from large global agencies to local-based agencies all over the United States. No one does subliminal advertising. No one, emphasized, does subliminal advertising. It is simply not practiced anywhere. I work as art director. I handle all the graphics. Nothing is ever retouched into anything, nor is it ever requested nor snuck in when I'm not looking. Believe me, when sex is used in advertising, it's quite blatant. The last thing advertisers are looking for is subliminal messaging. They like to blast their message loud and clear. As a matter of fact, they stopped doing Joe Camel because people complained that it looked like a penis. Please stop perpetuating this insane, paranoid myth. End quote. Well, now, <clears throat> I don't question the sincerity of the author to this letter. However, it is clear that this person has not read my book, Mind Programming. In the book, I provide actual examples of ads that have appeared in print and that were deliberately and admittedly airbrushed to include all sorts of sexual and demonic images. Indeed, the very reason they do this is based on psychological principles that are also spelled out 
step-by-step by an agency training manual that I quote in length in, in the book Mind Programming. It is also clear that the writer of this letter did not go to my website, eldentaylor.com, where there are examples, or igniteproductions.com and view any of the examples at both sites. I invite all of you out there to check out these examples. I want to remind you as well. When you get a copy of the book through Amazon or Barnes & Noble online, and that's my book, Mind Program, read the book, check out the citations and sources, view the documentary, and then you decide. All right. We welcome your thoughts and ideas. You can opine by leaving your comments on my website, eldentaylor.com. Now let's move on to today's show. Can the angels enlighten us? Webster defines an angel this way. Quote, a spiritual being believed to act as an attendant agent or messenger of God, conventionally represented in human form with wings and a long rope. God sent an angel to talk to Gideon, the angel of death and the angel of mercy, an attendant spirit, especially a benevolent one, as there was an angel watching over me, a guardian angel. End quote. Now, it goes without saying that if you're Christian, you believe in angels, for in Luke... 1, 26 and 27, quote, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's, mar- the virgin's name was Mary. But if you're not Christian, what does the rest of the world think? According to a Gallup poll, belief in angels and demons is on the rise, at least in the United States. In 1994, 72% of Americans said they believed in angels. But by 2004, that was up to 78%. Belief in the devil, however, has risen much more dramatically, increasing from 55% in 1990 to over 70% in 2005. Other English-speaking countries are more skeptical, however. A Gallup poll showed that 56% of Canadians and 36% of Britons believed in angels, and only 37% of Canadians and 29% of Britons believed in the devil. Belief in angels is common to Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. The concept of angelic beings is very similar in all three faiths. Angels are spiritual beings who are created by God, Before the world was created, the role is to glorify God, minister to God, and especially act as God's messengers to humans in matters of great importance, such as the announcement to Mary in Christianity and the revelation of the Quran in Islam. They are also helpers and guardians of the faithful. Now, if you have a political vent, you might want to also know this. According to a Harris poll conducted online, Women are more likely than men to hold both Christian and non-Christian beliefs. Republicans are more likely than Democrats and independents to hold Christian beliefs. Of the 82% of adults uh, surveyed in this poll who believed in God, 86% were women, 93% were Republicans. The level of belief is generally highest among people without a college education and lowest among those with postgraduate degrees. Now, I find this last piece of data both interesting and disappointing. What is it that our schools, our educational system in general, are doing to diminish the role of spirituality? But then, now that's a different show. What is it you believe about angels? I I know what I think. We'd like your input. We'd like your opinion and your questions. So join us. 
You can do that by phoning 866-254-1579, or if you're an international caller, by dialing your country code, and then 760-918-4300. Each week, we work to bring you the visionaries, the authors, researchers, those people in the know to discuss their take on these matters. This week is no exception, but our guest is most exceptional. Our guest today has lived and seen angels all of her life. They have guided her, informed her of future events, and much more. She is a truly remarkable woman, and I have had the opportunity to visit with her in the past, and I know that she is genuine. In 2008, out of complete obscurity, a dyslexic Irish widow became a publishing phenomena, and her memoir, Angels in My Hair, became the third best-selling book in Ireland. One year later, the book has become an international sensation. Rights have been sold in over 45 languages, and Doubleday just released the American version this spring. It currently is number one at Amazon in biographies and memoirs. The author, Lorna Byrne, is our special guest today. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Lorna Byrne. Hello, Elton. Lovely, lovely to talk with you and all your guests uh, that are listening in. We're excited to have you. The phones are already completely lit up. But before we ever go to a phone call, for those people unfamiliar with your story, can you give us just a brief synopsis of of you know, what it was like to open your eyes as a very young child and there are angels and, and you're playing with these angels and, 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 and you know, tell us, what, what is that about? What is that like? Well, I suppose the first thing you, you would have to remember is I didn't even know they were angels at first. You know, I was just reaching out trying to catch them and to play with them. And it was only when I got a little older, they explained to me the difference between um you know, angels and my mom and dad, and they told me, my, you know, those around me didn't see angels. But as well, at the same time, I had a brother that was born before me that had died. And of course, um, the angels were allowing his spirit to be around and for me to play with him. And it was on a particular day when we, when I was playing with him with little blocks, building a tower, that um, we touched each other. And that was really... Um, what would you say, as a young child, um, I realized that, um, you know, my little brother definitely wasn't flesh and blood, even though at times I was thinking he was, you know, and that was the time when the angel said, you know, your little brother is a spirit, he's a soul, and um, and they were angels, and that my mom and dad couldn't see them. Yeah. So it, it went on like that. They have been the angels all my life. My best friends and companions, they've actually taught me everything because I had learning difficulties. And way back in Ireland then, um, if a child had any difficulties at all, they were considered retarded. And the doctors had told my parents I was. So I kind of was um, maybe ignored. You know, when you went to school, you were put down, you know, in the back of the class. Um, But the angels have taught me everything as as, I, as you know now, I have written the book that they have told me I would write, you know, angels in, in my hair. And I find that unbelievable myself that I, <laughs> I, I actually managed. But I would have to say, I'm probably talking too much now, am I? 
No, you're wonderful. I love it. Let me <laughs> let me just ask you a couple quick questions though before okay. we run to the phone. You yeah. know, because most of our audience doesn't know. Uh, you know, or a large part of our audience doesn't. They're not familiar with your story. I, I uh, interviewed Michael Tim not long ago as the author of Articulate Dead. He's done a, a tremendous amount of research on people that see angels and and guides and other things. And he suggested that there was a common denominator that had to do with fevers or a blow to the head or or that kind of an injury. Did you ever suffer any such thing? Um, no, no, not not at all. You have to remember as well. Um, I see angels. If you were here in this room with me, I see angels, you know, physically. Right. You know, you, you, um, when you walk into a room, in fact, tell us what what you see when, when you walk when, into the room. Well, even when I'm walking down the street or, you know, going shopping or anything like that, um, with every single human being, I see the light of the guardian angel um, directly. I always say about three steps behind a person. And at different times, that light would open up. That is, the light is the guardian angel. It would open up and the guardian angel would give me a human appearance and usually would do that for some reason for that person. And I would see other angels as well, what I call the unemployed angels, um, that your guardian angel allows in to give you a helping hand. Just just waiting to, to be asked. Now, now, listen, if you run across any more unemployed angels, send them to me, will you? <laughs> now, you are also able, when you meet with angels, or when you meet with other people, to see uh, their well-being uh, about them, disease or illness. How is, I mean, is it the angel that is showing you that? I always believe it's it's um, God allowing the angels to show, to show me that. Um, how can I explain? Sometimes it's very hard to, to explain, but just say someone had something wrong with the bones, the disease within the bones. Um, it's like, you know, I would see their, their human body would kind of fade a little and the, the bones would light up, you know, like a fluorescent mm-hmm. tube. Mm-hmm. And that, that would, that's the way the angels have told me, you know, when that happens, that there is there's something wrong, wrong with the bones. Or sometimes if someone is terminally ill, um, how can I explain? Um, their flesh would actually look look rotten in parts of them. It's just the way, or if there was a heart problem, the person's heart would become visible to me. Like is as if their chest would open. Um, sometimes, sometimes. I don't like talking about that bit. <laughs> You know, um, but the most important thing would be to, to me anyway, is to help people. You know, I I mean, in your book, you recount the story of being told you would meet your husband, how you would meet your husband um, and and how he would leave this earth plane. And uh, so the angels have given you they've they've told you about the future and you know, maybe I shouldn't steal the thunder. I'm going to ask you to tell that little bit of a story about your husband because okay. you did some negotiating about, you know, when he'd leave. So tell us that story, would you? Well, it's, it's a bit it's a bit long, so I'll try and skip as much as possible because I'm not sure what time we have. But, well, make um, it short because you've got, uh, you've got a, a stack unit. of there's, What have we got? Okay. Two, four, six, eight, ten people on the phone lines. And okay. The chat room is filling up, too. So everybody wants okay. to talk to you, but I want the proper introduction here. 
Go ahead, please. Um, well, I suppose the first thing I would say, the angel Elijah um, walked across the water, and he was the angel that that told me about my husband, gave me the vision, and told me that, um, you know, we wouldn't grow old together, but that we would marry. And I was only a child at the time, and I was... Um, what would you say? Very annoyed. Why did Why did God want His angels to tell me this? Um, so I did meet my husband, and um, when I saw him walking up the street, the trees and all were on the side of the road. Everything was as the vision. But I suppose the most important part would be um, my husband did become ill. Everything that that the angel had told me, and I suppose. One time when when God was taking him, um, I actually find it a bit emotional to, to tell, but he had a, a bad turn and um, he, he died in the kitchen and everything became like ice, like an ice cube. And I saw his soul leaving his body and walking along the path with all the beautiful white angels and going to his family. And at that time, I cried out to God, you know, with all my heart and soul, begging not to take him now, to leave him for another little while. And God did answer, and he said he would, but I was never to ask again, only this once. And then, you know, it was like the next second, the room came back to normal. And the power and the force of the life um going back into Joe, it's like he took a big, huge breath, you know, out of nowhere, um, of, of his soul going back in, into his body. It was very hard to describe in the book, but I have done done my best. And, of course, when he did die, he, God allowed him to stay for a few, another couple of years. Um, but the second time was really... Um, what would you say, heart-rendering for me because I knew I dare not ask. I knew I had to let him go. Um, but I did thank God that, you know, that he did die peacefully, that he felt no pain. Okay? That is a very moving story, it is. Um, did your husband remember any of this? Um, yes. At that time at the kitchen table, when he did come come back around, he said, you know, Lorna, um, I think I was on my way to heaven. You know, he, he, he remembered, you know, the light and um, and seeing the angels and his family. He, he knew he was. But That's I didn't incredible. tell him that, that I had asked for him to come back for another little while. Incredible story. Now, I have to dovetail one more question before we start okay. taking phone calls. Uh, I've had the wonderful privilege for our listening audience uh, to visit with you at great length, and there's some things that I haven't been able to ask, and so I'm being a little selfish here, but we see a whole lot of fear in the world today, and, and a lot of this fear is around all these predictions about 2012, uh, for myself, I I don't think the end of anything is coming. Uh, but I'm I'm just going to put it straightforward to you. Have your angels told you anything about 2012? Um, loads of people would be asking that question, and really, what I've been told is not to answer it. Um, but what I would say is, you know, we're to live life to the full, and the world is not going to end in 2012. You're wonderful. 
let's uh, let's get a phone call in here before we have to take a break. Uh, we have Judy from Ohio on the line. Let's get Judy. Hi, everybody. Hello, Judy. How are you? I'm wonderful. I have a Pollyanna attitude, too. Hey, that's wonderful. That makes two of us. <laughs> but sometimes I'm afraid to ask for help. I just... And I don't know if it was how I was raised or what. I just don't feel worthy to ask the angels to help. How do you ask? And if you feel stuck and you need direction, how do you how do you ask if you don't feel worthy to ask? Um, what what I would say to you: You are worthy, and you shouldn't be afraid to ask. Your angels love you. Your guardian angel loves you so much, and um, they want to ask. They know all your your worries and and what what is on on your mind and um they're ready there there to help and to give you the guidance and and just listen you're not to ever think that that you're not worthy your 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 guardian angel and other angels that help you they only expect you to do the best the best you can they don't expect any more of you and they're very happy with that so you are worthy no matter what has happened in your life Thank you. So just ask. They're waiting now for you to ask. So just ask for 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 help. And even I'd I'd say to people, you know, you can put a chair in front of yourself, and you can ask your angel to sit in that chair so that you can visually um, see them there within your own mind, even, and just talk to them as you know as your best friend. You can share everything with them. And as time passes, you will find things will unfold and always for the better. Oh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, Lorna. We have just a couple of minutes, so I'm not going to try and grab another call and then hurry okay. them off before we go okay. to break. So instead, let me ask you this. There are guides, we're told. There are angels. And I understand there is a difference. What is your perspective on that? Um, to me, there would be no difference. To me, they're, they're all angels. Your guardian angel allows another angels, And some people could call them guides, those other angels. Um, it would depend on what culture you come from. Um, and I would always say to you, you know, God's angels, regardless of your religion or whether you have any faith of any kind, um, will never ask you to do anything wrong or will never guide you in the wrong way. I would always say to them, it's the other side. It's um, a word I don't like using, Satan or the devil, um, you know, that will get you to do things that are wrong. Even well, when we you. come back from our break, yeah. I think our next caller has got a fairly relevant question going right where you are. So I'm going to stop okay. you. Okay. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment on Hay House Radio. Be sure to stay tuned. In this next half hour, we're going to take on anything and everything you can think of, plus all the questions that I have for our guest today, Lorna Byrne, author of Angels in My Hair. You can go to my website, eldentaylor.com, and learn how to connect with with Lorna through Facebook in a number of ways. Take a look at her website, www.lornaburn, that's B-Y-R-N-E when you spell it, dot com. Uh, we'll be right back after these commercial messages.
Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? InnerTalk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. InnerTalk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Eldon Taylor, and it's my pleasure to host this special investigation. I love your comments and feedback, so please join me on Facebook or send your email to eldon at eldontaylor.com. That's E-L-D-O-N at eldontaylor.com. We'll try to share some of your letters every week because your feedback does influence our programming, and we're grateful for that guidance. So I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, and enjoy. Confusion, deception, manipulation, feeling a bit controlled, lost. Learn how you can take back control of your life through proven techniques in Eldon Taylor's revised edition of Choices and Illusions. This New York Times bestseller is a guidebook to your journey to self-actualization filled with practical, real-life solutions backed by scientific studies and guaranteed to awaken your inner genie. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, my guest today is Lorna Byrne, author of the publishing sensation Angels in My Hair. Absolutely fantastic book. and it, One of those books that I, I've, I've looked at twice, read twice, and very few books get read twice by me. It is a really... Really good book. I, I really recommend that to everybody. Now, listen, we've got <clears throat> telephone lines are busy. Uh, I'm going to just try and get everybody a chance to get up here and talk to Lorna as quickly as possible. So let's go to Portia in Lansing, Michigan. Hello there. Um, hi. hi. Welcome, to, welcome to the show. What a privilege. What we... Thank you. <laughs> um, my question is, um, I know we have wonderful Doreen Virtue here in the States, um, and I've bought a couple of her books. Um, I have a recurring number that appears in um, my life constantly, um, and then it's a good feeling when I see it, the number 33. And I'm just wondering if this relates to angels, because I've always just had an affinity towards loving them so much and collecting them. Um, it probably has, and I have to, I have to smile. I was just told just to say to you, um, it's like angels that you have collected, like little statues or, or little Correct. things. Correct. Things and statues. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you don't need more than 33. <laughs> I have to smile at that. But, it, you know, the angels are giving you that number. So it is something you always watch out for during your life then. You no. know, it, um, it, can, it can be a lucky number. Uh-huh. You know, it can be a, a number that, that you see 
and all of a sudden when you see it you know you're 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 to walk away okay so 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 you do so you do that and um as well as that the angels are just telling me um i have to smile at this now um because angels that around you they're they're saying they're very you're you're very um fun and loving uh-huh <laughs> and um they do have angels around you that are are loving angels and trying to get love more love into your life than what's there already okay you know maybe love for myself more i you know i feel like yourself. i have so much love i really do yeah um, and and give it out and share it okay and um you know it's it's like just just have more more faith in in them okay you know and trust yeah. okay yes okay Okay. Thank you so much. I can't wait to read your book. (laughs) Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you. All right, let's go to Celeste in Illinois. Celeste, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, I just wondered if Lorna had any message for me from my guardian angel. Hello, Celeste. Hi, Lorna. That's a lovely name. I have never um, heard it before. Oh, really? Well, thank yeah, you. I've <laughs> heard. Can I ask you a question? What age are you? I'm 43. You're 43. Mhm. And um, because I'm I'm giving out to the angels in a sense, I'm talking back to them and um asking them have they anything for you and they had said something and I said, "But I'm not going to say that." Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I said I'd ask you a question your age. So I'm going to ask you another question. Do you have children? No. I, I knew you hadn't got children. Um, so I'm going to ask you another question. Do you like children? Do you get on with them? Yes. Um, well, what it is that you're, you're to share your life a little bit more with whatever children are in your life or around it, and I don't know why. Okay. I know it, it's 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 a something maybe you don't understand because you as you said you're 42 now isn't it 43 43 and mm-hmm. um, that's very young thank you you're for saying too, that <laughs> you're not to think of of that age being old at all okay okay i appreciate that <laughs> and and i will ask them to help you to understand that as life goes on and it's like take up those challenges that are there around you at the moment Mhm. Okay. They don't allow me to tell fortunes as such. You know, and um, so they're just just saying this this to you as as such. Okay. Okay. To kind of share my life more with the the children around yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I appreciate more more than likely it is that you will have an impact on some child in their life as they grow. And that's actually a great gift. To be able to give a child a child to look up, look up to you and and see you as a role model. Mhm. Okay. Yeah, that would be a very special thing. It is indeed. <laughs> the world needs more of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Celeste. Take care. Ah, you too. Have a wonderful day. Now let's go to Jean in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, 
I just ordered your book on Amazon. Um, I'm looking forward to reading it. I do feel the angels. I don't see them, but I do feel them. And um, Archangel Uriel is often around me. Hello? Hello, I'm listening. Oh, okay. Um, Archangel Uriel is around me, and I I seem to have had the role of um, being um, the, the... bearer of harsh truth through Uriel, but um, but truth that has helped um, heal. Heal, yeah. And um, um, I, I too, um, I, I pray to the angels, but I've learned to pray to them to say, please only allow um, the highest love to come through. And I also kind of ask them to help me make decisions that are the high, for my highest good. And yeah, then I ask yeah. them, please open my ear chakras so I'll actually listen to you. Well, so I'm have, wondering if, if you could ask them if I am listening to them. I, I am told that you are listening. You're, oh. you're, doing, you're doing your best. So it's like keep, keep on listening. And it's like every time you do listen, okay, but you notice that you didn't respond to it, Okay, it's like when when you're listening and you're told to go right, but you go left because of all of the human things in your way. And then when you find it didn't work and you say, God, I knew I should have gone right. It's like give yourself a good kick in that sense, if you know what I mean. And say to yourself, I will allow them to teach me that even on a trivial thing um, that they ask you to do, you will do it. It would be like even opening a door. If suddenly, you know, the thought comes into your mind, they give you a thought to open the door, that you hear it, and you open the door, and you just have a look outside, and don't always expect um, something in it for yourself, because when they're teaching you, more than likely there's nothing in it for yourself, but then you will respond when it is something important, and you'll be jumping for joy. Okay, I okay. All right, thank you. I with this nothing in 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 it for myself. Are are they saying that I I've been self interested or selfish? No, no. Don't. They're just saying don't always expect something in it for yourself because sometimes you can be used as a lifeline for someone else. Oh, I, I and I, that's that's brilliant. Yeah. I work with um, children. I work with third graders, and yeah. I wanted to ask. If that's what this is about, if um, if they will help me in my classroom. Well, you just ask them every day, and you ask um, the children's guardian angels as well to help as your own. Oh, you know, yeah. Children, children are very spiritual. They're very <laughs> open, and um, they'll pass messages on as if you know it's a glass of water. Yes. You know, but you don't have to question the children about about what what they say because usually the child wouldn't understand. They just look at you and say, or shrug the shoulders. Yes. You know, so just just be more aware and and enjoy what you're teaching. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. God, bless. Calling, God bless Jean. you. Now, I'm going to move from the phones for just a second to get something in from the chat room. I've got three questions here from the chat room. We'll take one of them and go back to the phones. This question, what's the best way to introduce angels to an 11-year-old 
that gets scared of anything that he can't see and considers them ghosts? Um, I suppose um, I would just say maybe give them the child a prayer of, of a guardian angel or, or a picture, you know, of an angel um, looking over a child, minding a child. Um, the child is probably, if the child is scared of, of things, sometimes that can be the parent talking too much about about ghosts and things like that. Um, so I would say maybe give the child a book to read, a child's book on guardian angels. I don't know if there's any out there. Maybe you're going to write one. Well, I have been told that's what I have to do. <laughs> okay. I, I suppose to reassure a child that there's nothing to fear of their guardian angel. The guardian angel is actually there to help them and will protect them all of the time. And when the child is afraid, maybe just to call on the guardian angel. And every child knows their guardian angel's name. Okay. okay. All right, let's go to the telephone again. We have Sean in Roanoke, Virginia. Hi. Hi, Sean. Hi there. Um, when I'm a pianist, and I used to, when I practiced here, uh, had, I, I know I heard, like I had an instructive angel voice in my head that would always help me with my practicing and really playing the pieces because I, I, I study at a very high level and there's information coming through that I couldn't have known <laughs> myself. Um, I, I, I haven't been playing for a long time. I lost my piano in um, Hurricane Katrina, and I haven't been playing, and I felt really blocked um, from practicing. Um, and I wonder, are, are those angels, were those real angels, do you think, or and what happened to them, and are they still around, and are... Could I call okay. on them to help have them help me continue pick up my playing? Um, my... I'm I'm told yes, you can call on them, and yes, they're they're still there around, um, but they're saying you're not just quite ready yet. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. it's like you you need to let go and um, the hurt that you feel inside of you. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and it's like saying just one day. You will know to go over and sit at a piano anywhere, yeah, and just start to play. Yeah, you know it's like even a, even you know let let the hurt be healed. What is there now? And maybe if you are passing a piano, maybe they're saying you know rub it, you know put your hand on it, touch it. Mm-hmm. You know the the and I will ask the angels to help you, and I'll ask for healing angels to be around you. You're brilliant, I'm being told. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I feel grateful for that. Um, I just feel so resistant, and I don't. It breaks my heart because I piano is, is part of my whole soul and who I am. But I have this resistance. I'd really like to let it go. I just don't feel in control of it somehow. Yeah, I know I know you will let it go. I know you will let that that, that hurt go, but it's like don't force it. Okay. It's like get out there and and do whatever you do in life. Just okay. just enjoy life and just allow it to to happen. Okay. And just call on your your guardian angel, your angels to allow 
you know, miracles now to happen within your life for, for the healing. Sometimes you have to remember miracles happen in disguise for different reasons. Mm, mm-hmm. it's, it's a wonderful gift that you have. Yeah, and, and I don't you, want... will, you will use it again. You won't oh, lose it at all. Okay, because I was worried I was losing it. I mean, it's hard to, you know, I know I have to let it go, but the time it's been taking, and then I don't want to lose the gift. I I don't want to disrespect it either by not ignoring it. Okay. Well, I'll ask for you, okay? Thank you. Thank you. I'll ask that that you'll come across the piano soon or whatever way it will happen, and you'll have the courage and the confidence. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Sean. Now, out of our chat room, I'm just going to jump back and forth. We've got a heavy one for you, Lorna. Okay. What do angels think of assisted suicide for someone in terminal pain? Um, actually, someone had asked me that question before, and um, I know people might find the the answer, you know, a bit strange. But the angels tell me when someone does that to help someone, when there is actually no hope for their body left, um, it is actually through love and compassion. And the angels have great love and compassion. They understand. It's like God understands too. There, there's no guilt or, or, or what would you say, of that person who is going to die or, or the person who is helping. And it's always puzzled me that it's okay for us to assist our animals. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's go back to the phones now. We have okay. Suzanne from Madison, Wisconsin. You're on the air, Suzanne. Hi. Hi, Suzanne. Hi. Hi. Um, I know that I'm being sent many messages, which I have trouble interpreting in many cases. Um, how can I tell the difference between messages I'm receiving from my angels or spirit guides versus loved ones who've crossed over? Um, well, you have to remember a soul that has crossed over, you you should actually know. It should be actually clear to you if, it, if it's a member of your family. Okay. Um, you're asking a lot of questions in that one question, and I'm asking the angels, which side should I answer? Um, one thing I suppose to remember is that angels will never ask you to do anything wrong. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll only ask you to do what what is right and what is good. They'd never ask you to hurt anyone in any way. And usually a loved one that has passed over. Um, you you have to remember when, when someone dies and their soul passes over, any hurt or, or anything like that they had beforehand is is turned into compassion and love. And when they communicate back with you, they're they're trying to help someone on earth who is kind of feeling hurt emotionally because of maybe not being able to say goodbye or maybe because they felt that they'd done the person in injustice. Um, but that soul actually loves them so much that, that they don't want them to feel that way. So um, do loved ones then primarily send more in the way of um, signs of their presence where angels send more of a message for guidance? Um, no, angels will give signs as well. Um, when someone dies as well, in order to give, God God allows and the guardian angel allows that soul to come in. Uh-huh. Um, the loved one will give signs, especially if 
if the person needs, the person who's alive, who's at home, who's on earth, um, needs that comfort. I, I would meet loads of people who would say, you know, they could feel the presence of their child. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a photograph appeared out of the blue that that we had lost. And that is the loved one trying to to help the family on earth, you know, to grieve, to let them know that, that they're okay, that they're in heaven, that, that they're happy, that, that, that they're free, that, that they're perfect. And angels give signs as well. It's a fast subject that you have asked, <laughs> you know, so I could go on and on. Okay. You know, but angels do. People would ask for signs from angels um, as well. Because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting messages that are trying to guide me uh, forward in, in my life after a number of years that have been rather stagnant. And so I'm wondering yeah. if those are messages then from my angels. Well, more than likely they are, unless you have lost someone. Remember, you you would feel you would f- usually feel the presence of someone that you had lost, mm-hmm. or or even if it was a friend, you would know the difference. Okay. You know, um, more than likely, I'm asking. I've been told not all of the time, but a lot of the time, it, it's the angels giving you guidance. And it's like to, to trust a little bit and try and follow it as much as you can. They're doing all they can to help you. Yeah, I recently and lost you'll get my... there. Pardon you'll me? get there. You'll get there. I recently lost my husband, and it just it seems yeah. to me that the types of messages I'm getting aren't quite as personal as what I normally yeah. receive from him. Yeah, well, that's, that's how you know the difference. Okay. You, you would feel his presence. I see. You'd feel something of of him if if he smoked. It would be sometimes maybe the smell of smoke or just um, you know a touch. Mm-hmm. You know you you would know that yourself because it would be personal to you, okay. like like everyone else. Okay. Okay. Well, thank okay. you. You'll get there. You'll thank get there. Thank you. Thanks for calling, okay. Suzanne. You're welcome. All right, we have Cheryl in Santa Clara, California. Cheryl, welcome to. Yeah, welcome to the show. Hi, Elton. Hi, Lorna. So Hi. nice to talk with you. Lovely to talk with you, too. Uh, just briefly, I've had some serious challenges lately, and um, health, personal, all of the above, when it rains, of course. And I'm just wondering if I've actually been abandoned or if you can still see them around me. No, you haven't been abandoned. Sometimes um, we we think, you know, the angels and God has forgotten us, and um, and that we're alone, but that is actually the time that that you're being carried. Um, again, I, I'm asking, are you going to get through all of this? Yeah. And I am being told you will. Oh. There's loads of hope there. You've got to get faith and confidence back and belief now in yourself. Yeah, for sure. Okay, you know, well, as long as you I, see I, them, I'm happy. I've just been told to tell you, um, I have to smile. Um, it's not that you have to fight. It's like as if, you know, um, it's like as if you have to get down off that stool. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay, thank and you. And I, I will ask, just ask your guardian angel, because once you ask the angels, you empower them to help you. you you're giving them um, the power to not take away your free will, but to kind of, you know, put the challenges in front of you 
you know, to help you, to give you that guidance, to get you to go the right way more than once. Okay, but they're definitely still here. Oh, there's definitely. You don't, you're never, never alone. No one ever is. Oh, that makes me feel great. Not for one second. Thank you so much, Lorna. Okay. Thanks, Elton. Thank you, Cheryl. All right. We probably got maybe one. We might squeeze two calls in. We'll see. We've got a couple of minutes. We have Renee in Bozeman, Montana. Renee, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, um, I, hi. I, I was uh, just wondering, when you, I've had like a voice uh, when I was sick. I was, I thought I was going to die. I'd been to seven doctors and they were telling me it was all in my head. And I ended up having a kidney blockage from a tooth that was capped, that was rotted. And it was pouring poison into my body. And Right when I gave up and I thought I was going to die, I heard, like, a man's voice real clear Yeah. just say, um, restore your faith in me and heal thyself. And yeah. so I Quickly. I crawled into, into uh, and got all the books that I could reach on medical books, and I did end up... It did end up helping me, the, what he told me, this voice. But was yeah. that, would that have been God or was that an that, angel? That was your guardian angel, um, giving you the courage, you know, to, to fight to get well because you were meant to get well. Uh-huh. Okay, and, and you have done it. And it is kind of to remember that, you know, for other things in your life, uh-huh. you know, as, as you go, go through life. Yes. That that is that is very important, and that is wonderful that you heard his voice. Uh-huh. Those of people out there in the world would say, "God, I wish they could hear their <laughs> angel's voice." Yeah. Well, so I, I hate to cut this off, but okay. we've come to the end of uh, another hour. And Renee, uh-huh. uh, we really appreciate you calling. And Lorna, you you know we're going to have to do this again. I mean, the phones are still lit. I've I've got. We Notes all do. over the desk. The chat room is still full. Uh, we're going to have to get you back. I mean, you're just that popular. Can you do another one with us, maybe? I, I will. You can give um, Ellen or Jean or whoever it was that arranged it all um, a call, and I, I will do it again. And it's great to talk to people about the book Angels in My Hair and the Word Being Spread. It's a wonderful book. We hope you join us again next week. My guest is Jay-Z Knight, Ramta. Until then, to thine own self be true.